Bar Podcast Network presents A Guy, A Bride, and a Bible. Grab your Bible and your person. Mark, he's the guy. Andrea, she's the bride. Open up and read along. Hey, thank you, Dwayne. That's right. We have our own intro now. How about that, babe? That's pretty cool. I love it. Dwayne is our, well, he's not really our boss, but he is, he is the Bar Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is becoming a very good friend of ours. We're so glad I sent him a, a text. I said, Dwayne, can you hook us up with an intro? And that's it. So we're going to be rolling with that for a while. It feels kind of, kind of sassy, kind of, we're special. We're mm-hmm. professionals. Not really. You got to get paid to be a professional out here. So we're still volunteering to ourselves to read the Bible and enjoy it. I love you. How are you doing today? I'm tired, but I'm good. It's we're gonna the end of a week. This. It has been a week, and man, you wouldn't think, like, I know you've had a week in college. I've had a week in the fourth grade. Good Lord, it's been just trying. Is it is it this way because we're entering the fourth quarter of school? It's that way. It's that way. I only have two more weeks. Oh, well, I got what? Of this semester. I got like eight or yeah. ten or something like that. My students are winding down. but. Gotcha. And you're going to push through? Well, yeah, because I have my own school. but. And you're almost done with that? Yes. I'm so excited for that. Yes. We're going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a fan. Um, been there. And they you haven't had, been there with me, so I, you and will that's be a what fan. I was about to say. But I haven't been there with you, and mm-hmm. this is so exciting to go for this purpose. Mm-hmm. I am so proud of you for this achievement, of earning your doctorate. I'm so Thank proud you. of you. She's brilliant. She's beautiful. She's my bride, Andrea Alexander. You are fine. That's all I got to say about that. Speaking of fine, we have the Song of Solomon today. But first off, we are going Some to plagues. Did you like that? We are going to do uh, Exodus 9. We're going to catch up on where um, where we some we plagues, have left off. We're talking about some plagues. Uh, we have been reading and not recording on our days in between. Hope you guys continue to read. So we, are, we might be time jumping to you if you're just following along on a podcast. But we are currently in Exodus chapter 9 through 10, uh, verse 29. And then we're going to jump into John chapter 2. Verses 1 through 12, and finally ending with some love poetry. We'll see if some sheep get shorn, or some Lebanon cedars are your legs, or something like that. But Song of Solomon 1 through uh, 15, 16, 17. And uh, with that, we'll open up in prayer. Right? Can you go for it? No, you go ahead. All the Lord God, we are grateful for this moment of reading your word. And we're thankful that you are in control of our lives. You are the Lord of our home. And you have left wonderful, beautiful instructions in your word to how to live. And how to be faithful. How to how to walk in this world that is fallen and broken and waiting for redemption. And we are grateful for that. May those who listen have a burden in their hearts to read your word and to grow closer as husband and wife in a world that seeks to destroy us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here we go. Follow along. We are in Exodus 9. And Yahweh said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says Yahweh, the God of Hebrews, 
release my people so that they may serve me. But if you are refusing to release and you are still keeping holding them, look, the hand of Yahweh is about to be present as a very severe plague on your livestock that are in the field, on the horses, donkeys, camels, cattle, sheep, and goats. But Yahweh will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, and not a thing will die from all that belongs to the Israelites. And Yahweh said in a appointed time, saying, Tomorrow Yahweh will do this thing in the land. And Yahweh did this thing this next day. All the livestock of Egypt died. And from the livestock of the Israelites, not one died. And Pharaoh sent to check, and turned out that even even and not even and one from the livestock of Israel did die, but Pharaoh's heart was, was insensitive, and it was hardened, and he did not he release did not the people. people. That was that the fifth plague, plague, and, and the state that, that must be going through in Egypt. Egypt. Um, take a pause here. We had, we had the Nile turning black, we had frogs, frogs flies, flies, gnats. We had so we had much stink so going on. on. And now we have and a dog who just shouldn't do it. She has a little Okay, that's fantastic. Okay, so we're moving on to the Egyptian source. Oh, we had that note from yesterday. We were reading the approximation of time time. About nine months this went on for Pharaoh and his relatives. So here we are at our plate number six. Yahweh said to Moses and Tinkerman, Take for yourself full handfuls of soot from a smell to smell. And let Moses sprinkle it toward the head of the head before the eyes of the Pharaoh. And it will become on human and on animal a skin sore, sprouting blisters in all the land of Egypt. And they took the soot and the smell to smell. And they stood before Pharaoh. And Moses sprinkled it toward the head of 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 Let's read these back. And it became skin sores, sores, sprouting sprouting through human, human, and on animals. No, you have no, you have no. And the magicians, they were not able to stand the animals because of the skin sores. They were, they were covered in them. And so, so it was on the magicians, all of the magicians. And Yahweh, Yahweh, Pharaoh's heart was hard to not listen to. Yahweh, Yahweh had spoken to Moses. That's gross. That's gross. Mm-hmm. So we're covering so sores, sores, sores like blisters, blisters, or oil, 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 or something. Hussy, hussy, crusty, crusty, gross, gross. Verse 13, uh, verse 13, the hail. Yahweh said, Yahweh said, start early, early in the morning. Stand, stand before Pharaoh. Look, he's going out to the water, water, and so you must say to him, listen, Yahweh, Yahweh says, God of the God of the Hebrews, release my people, so they may serve me. For at this, for time, this time, I'm sending, sending all, all of them to you, you personally, and among your mother's servants, and among your people, so that you will know that there is no, there is no one like me in all the earth. For now, for now, I could have stretched out my hand, and I could have struck you from your people in the plague, you would have perished from the earth. But for the sake of this, I must stand. For the sake of showing you my strength, and in order to order my claim, my name on the earth. Still, still, you're behaving, behaving haughtily. Like you might be not by not releasing them. Look, look, about this about time, this time, tonight, I'm going to God to cause a severe, severe hail, hail, to rain, to rain. The light, the light, has not been, 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 not been,
and now send the word and bring the same to save all, all of your livestock and all that, and all that belongs to you in the field. The hail, the hail down, down on every, down every human and animal in the field, field and not and not and gather them to the house and they will die. Anyone from the servants of Pharaoh feared the word of Yahweh to cause the servants and the livestock to flee the houses. Whoever did not give up giving any regard to the word of Yahweh, abandoned his servants and livestock in the field. And Yahweh said, Yahweh said to Moses, stretch out your hand to the heavens, and let there be, let there be hail all of all the land of Egypt, on human, on human, and on animal, all of all vegetation, field, and the land of Egypt. And Moses, and Moses stretched out his staff to the heavens, and Yahweh, Yahweh thunder, thunder, and thunder, and hail, and fire, fire, and they went to the earth. Yahweh caused hail, rain, and rain in the land of Egypt, and there was hail, fire, fire, and flashing back and forth in the midst of very, very severe hail, like the light of which had not been seen in all of Egypt until it had become a nation. And the hail struck, struck the land, in the land of Egypt, all that was, all that was in the field, human to, human to animal, and the hail, and the hail struck all vegetation in the field, smashed every tree in the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were, there was no hail. And Pharaoh, Pharaoh sent, called, and called Moses and said to him, send, him, send, send him. this time. Yahweh, Yahweh is, is the righteous one, and I and, I and my people are the wicked ones. Pray to Yahweh, Yahweh the thunder, thunder of God, God and hail not enough. Lord, I will release you, and you will no longer, no longer have to stay. Moses, and Moses said to him, am I leaving the city? I will spread out my hands to Yahweh. Thunder will stop, and the hail will be no more, so that you will know that the earth belongs to Yahweh. That's for, but that's for your servants, servants and know that, know that you do not yet fear the presence of Yahweh. And the flax and the barley were struck, the barley was, was, was in the ear, and the flax was in the bud. But the wheat and the, the, the spelt were not struck, because they were late ripening. And Moses, and Moses went from Pharaoh out of the city, and spread, he spread his hands to Yahweh. And the thunder and hail stopped, and rain did not pour on the earth. Pharaoh saw the rain and the hail, and the thunder stopped, and he sinned again. And it made his heart hard. He and his, and his servants, Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he did not release his rights, as Yahweh had said, and his agency of Moses. Let's pause for a minute there. Any comments from Ryrie? Yes. Do you want to share? Okay. Okay. Um, so, from 93, a very severe pestilence. This word is sometimes used of pestilence in general, although here is an animal plague. Apparently, it was highly infectious and fatal. Horses were comparatively recent and highly prized importation into Egypt. The death of all these various animals would have affected transportation, agriculture, and worship because cattle were sacred. Animals taken from the field escaped. And then tomorrow in verse 5... The Lord said a different time. Yeah. Yeah. Some Egyptians who feared the Lord took advantage of this delay to bring their livestock in from the fields. So God kind of gave some grace there, right? A little bit, yeah. He was ready to show grace. Yeah. And then the soot, um, verse 8, probably came from a furnace used to bake bricks. Uh, okay, and then 23, hailstorms are a rarity in Egypt, a fact that heightened the effect of the miracle. I wouldn't have known that because we've had yeah. some hailstorms here. I was thinking about our trip in Alabama. Right, exactly. And then 27, for the first time, Pharaoh acknowledged his sin and the righteousness of the Lord. Moses perceived that this confession was superficial because, you know, it had happened seven times, six times before that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome. I was thinking how wonderful 
it was to read, God gave a specific time and day for the plagues. So it was a prophecy given by Moses. And of course, I'm contrasting it with today's prophets that are so popular in the world. Um, they dare not give a specific, you know what I mean? They give the fortune cookie uh, promises of, of God, as opposed to God's true day, time, hour, moment. Um, this is going to happen. All right, let's move on to chapter 10. Plague number 8, if you're keeping track, on the Casey Kasem top 40 plagues of the world. No? That's close, right? No? Okay. It was closer than I am. Well, you're kind of a girl. I know. So, can you come a little closer, just a little bit? And Yahweh said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have made his heart insensitive, and the heart of his servants, in order to put these signs of mine in his midst. So that I will tell in the ears of your child and your grandchild that I dealt harshly with the Egyptians. And so that you will tell about my signs and that I have done among them. And so you will know that I am Messiah. Just a quick pause. You, Yahweh is really showing his strength in this so that the tales that will unfold for generations to come will last. Even to this day, we're still talking about it as we come into Passover. Mm-hmm. And Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh, and they said to him, Thus says Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, until when, you, until when will you refuse to submit before me? Release my people so that they may serve me. But if you are refusing to release my people, look, I am about to bring locusts into your territory tomorrow, and they will cover the surface of the land, and no one will be able to see the land, and they will eat the remainder of what is left, what is left over for you from the hail. And they will eat every sprouting tree belonging to you from the field, and your houses will be full. And the houses of all your servants and the houses of all Egypt, something that your fathers and grandfathers never saw from the day they were on the earth until this day. And he returned, and, oh, he turned and went out from Pharaoh. And the servants of Pharaoh said to him, Until when will this be a snare for us? Release the men so that they may serve Yahweh their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? And Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Serve Yahweh your God. Who are the ones going? And Moses said, With our young, with our old, we will go. With our sons and our daughters, with our sheep, goats, and with our cattle, we will go, because it is the feast of Yahweh for us. For us. He said to them, Let Yahweh be thus with you as soon as I release you and your dependents. See that evil is before your faces. No, indeed, just the men go and serve Yahweh, since this is what you are at, are seeking. And he drove them out of the presence of Pharaoh. And Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt with the locusts, so that they may come up over the land of Egypt, and let them eat all the vegetation of the land, all that the hail left behind. And Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, and Yahweh drove an east wind into the land all that day and all night. The morning came, and the east wind and brought locusts, and the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt, and they settled in the territory of Egypt. Very severe. Before it, there were not locusts like them, nor will there ever be after. And they covered the surface of the land, and the land was dark with them, and they ate all the vegetation of the land and all the fruit of the trees that the hail had left. And no green was left in the trees, nor in the vegetation of the field, in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh returned to call Moses and Aaron. He said, I've sinned against Yahweh your God and against you. 
Now forgive my sin, surely this time, and pray to your God, Yahweh, so that he may only remove from me this death. But he went out from Pharaoh, and he prayed to Yahweh, and he went out from Pharaoh. And Yahweh turned a very strong west wind and lifted up the locusts and thrust them into the Red Sea. And not one locust remained in all the territory of Egypt. And Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not release the Israelites. I just have one thing. I, I have a little bit a farther swarm, to go, but I'm just pausing right now. A swarm of locusts. Yeah, it's monstrous. May have an average density. This is so gross. 130 million locusts per square mile. Yeah. There have been videos in the last 25 years it's or more. It's the nightmares. Locusts in Africa and locusts in Oklahoma that were so thick, it was just blackness. Oh, gosh. And, yeah, it's it's you can't see anything. You just hear them, the buzzing, the thundering of their yeah. little wings. Yeah, and then Ryrie says for 19... God sovereignly changed the direction of the wind on the meaning of the Red Sea. See note on 13. But I just thought that it was interesting that not one locust, like 130 million. Per square mile. And he turns the wind and they're all just gone. Into the Nile. That's pretty amazing. The Red sea. That's pretty yeah. amazing. God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. God is sovereign. And we're, like, we're like, well, I don't know. Maybe he's not. Oh, man. All right, let's read these last plague nine here of darkness. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward the heavens so that there will be darkness over the land of Egypt and so that a person can feel darkness. Ooh, what do you have that for 21? Do you have anything? Yeah. Um, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward the sky that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even a darkness which may be felt. And Ryrie said, wow. Possibly a combination of a violent sandstorm and supernatural darkness. This was an especially significant judgment on Egypt. For the sun god Ra was one of their chief deities. Yeah. This plague, like those of the gnats and boils, came unannounced to Pharaoh. I can imagine what that must be like. Because I'm going to take a very small, small, small example of when we were in Dallas and we were walking downtown. The sun was actually making my skin tingle. I really felt like this awesome, because we don't get a lot in the Pacific Northwest. It was beautiful. Thank you, Dallas. Thank you, Dallas. And, but I mean, it was warm. It was, but my skin felt like alive. Mm -hmm. So reading this, I can, I, can, I can reverse that imagination and feel darkness. I mean, well, we've, we've felt it here a little bit. I was going to say, like, it's not, not like there's no light at all but we felt that like heaviness yeah absolutely. of days on end of no sun okay so tangible darkness here we go verse 22 and moses stretched out his hand toward the heavens and there was darkness of night in all the land of egypt for three days no one could see his brother and because of it no one could move from where they were for three days for there was light for the israelites in their dwellings what and, yeah they it's were a trip I know. <laughs> I don't think I've read this before. And Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go serve Yahweh. Only your sheep and goats and cattle must be left behind. Your dependents may also go with you. And Moses said, Even if you yourself put into your hand sacrifices and burnt offerings and we offer them to Yahweh our God, our livestock must also go with us. Not a hoof can be left because we must take from them to serve Yahweh our God. 
And we will not know with what we are to serve Yahweh until we get there. And Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to release him. And Pharaoh said to him, Go away from me. Be careful not to see my face again, because on the day of your seeing my face you will die. And Moses said, That's right. I will not see your face again. That is uh, the end of our reading for Exodus today. That was like major... Yeah, that was... Masculinity going on there. Like mm -hmm. A lot of bravado. Yeah. What am I reading? You are jumping into John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 for our listener readers. We're going to a wedding. Come on now. I love weddings. Wedding in Cana. Let's get some wine flowing. Um, first note right here that Riley says, wedding feasts often lasted a week. Yes, they did. They know how to party at a wedding. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with us? Woman? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Is, is she whining? Right there? No, she's not. Come on. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. Then he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, they did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The head water called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then he serves the poorer wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of his signs, Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. You said 12 too? Yeah. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and there they stayed a few days. And this, woman, what yeah. does that have to do with us? Woman was a term <laughs> of respectful address. I just love how, how we just come with, we in our but, day it's not we don't do that. Woman. But it was actually meant so maybe woman. Yeah. Christ's remark meant that concerns you. Leave me alone. Yeah, it was um, the hour for manifesting himself as Messiah had not yet come. This is the only, uh, in the Gospels, this is the only mention of this miracle, mm -hmm. is in John. And it is it's significant because it wasn't time for him to do like major miracles yet. The healing and the casting out and things like that. So it's it's a bit of a mystery in terms of, well, why did Jesus go ahead and do this for Mary? Was it because she asked of him to do it and that's why he did it? Nobody really knows. It says it's a one-off miracle. It just kind of appears here. We don't know whose wedding it was. Was it a relative or a friend? No idea. No way of knowing. Um, we know it was delicious and it was a heck of a lot of wine because there was probably a lot of people drinking. Yeah, it said 20 or 30 gallons each in the six stone water pots. Yeah. And this says each container held 75 to 113 liters. So how many people must have been at that wedding? That was a lot. Or how much were they drinking? A lot. Anyway, it's not like clean water. That's for sure. Um, that was awesome. That cracks me up. They have no wine. She was whining. Ah. Oh, that, babe. I I'm, love you. Well, you know, uh, back in the day, I was doing a lot of weddings. I would run sound or video or, or cater or whatever, but I cannot begin to tell you how many weddings that the pastor in his homily included this. 
It was a guarantee that they were going to tell this story and then they were going to use 1 Corinthians 13. That was a given that was coming up at, at the weddings in Colorado I was at. I never heard it at a... Really? The was, water and wine? Yeah, at no. a wedding. No. Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding and it was significant. And so we're going to make that a point oh. of your wedding and talk no. about it. Okay, what are we doing in SOS? Uh, she's just pushing me around here, guys. SOS. Song of Solomon, or Song of Songs, uh, chapter uh, 2, no, chapter 1, verse 15, 16, and 17. I get to talk more than you a lot. That's kind of funny. Well, well you know, this one's our role playing. You get to read 15. Oh, I get 15. I get a verse. Do you want to look at me while you say it? I do, actually. All right, let me get to you, 15. I love looking at her. This one, <laughs> mine, mine, mine says mutual admiration. You like that? Oh, see, mine says you're supposed to read 15 and I'm supposed to read 16, 16 and 17. Okay. Look, you are beautiful, my <laughs> beloved. I made you say it to me. Look, you are beautiful. Your eyes are as doves. <laughs> How handsome you are. Oh, thank you. My beloved. Hmm? And so pleasant. Indeed, our couch is luxuriant. Yes. <laughs> the beams of our houses are cedars, our rafters, cypresses. Yeah, I love them cypress rafters. Um, it says ref that's that refers to the woodlands where they met. Ah, okay. Mine says our our couch is verdant. So it's green. We have a green couch. Luxuriant. So. Um, this is weird, breaking down Song of Solomon so short in our reading. Yeah, I don't really know why. But this is, I think this is giving it a pace. You're handsome. And there you, you are beautiful and your eyes are doves. I love your eyes. Pretty amazing. Short and sweet tonight. Just keep it that way. So everybody, we want to thank you for being with us as we continue to read the Word of God. We really honestly want to encourage you to make it a daily just passion to read with your husband and wife. Uh, we are we're in a place where Christians are falling because they're not reading the word. They fall to a lot of traps and a lot of opinion, a lot of feeling uh, because they're not reading their Bibles, and that's important. And we we really feel compelled to put out that challenge that if you are married, read together out loud, and if you got kids, include them in it. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be uh, a, a written out Bible study where you're going to concordances and you're teaching. Your, it doesn't have to be all that. Just read. Read the Bible. Have a study Bible with some notes in it and pray as a family. We are in a desperate place in America for Christians to just simply be Christian. To read the Word. Is it that hard to read the Word of God? He, he wrote it for us to read. To know Him and to be known by Him. That's my plea tonight. I really feel this is a small ministry of ours to just read the Word of God and put it out into the public so people can find it. And that's what we're going to do until God tells us otherwise. So, until then, I'm Mark. I'm the guy. I'm Andrew and the bride. And we just got done reading the Bible. Good night. Good night.